Hi, Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. I'm your host, Kit McCarty, and my special guest today is Beth Campbell. Welcome, Beth. Hi, it's good to be here. Beth is a communications consultant for Women's Missionary Union of Texas, hereafter referred to as WMU, and the project manager for the Mary Hill Davis Offering for Texas Missions. It's the crowning achievement of a lifetime of Christian service. She's been a typesetter for homeschool curriculum, a secretary for the Baptist uh, WMU, the administrative assistant to one of the vice presidents at Dallas Baptist University, and the executive assistant to the editor and development director of the Texas Baptist Standard. Beth, I see you as competent, giving great attention to detail, thoughtful, wise, generous, and kind. How do you see yourself? Oh, wow. Um, Thank you. I don't see myself as that. Um, I see myself as organized. I think Mm -hmm. God gave me the gift of organization, and um, it's mind-boggling to see how he has taken that gift into mission service. Um, I am an introvert, big-time introvert, and it is difficult for me to speak in front of people and with people at times. Well, I think part of that, part of that is when I am weak then I am strong. Because when you know that you're that that's a challenge for you, then you can't rely on your own confidence, your own strength, you have to rely on something outside of you. Right. Um, and so th- that may be the strength and the secret of your success. It is. And during the early 80s, it was it used to be called called to special service, you know, you were you were called to special service, not knowing at that time what it was thinking, maybe I was supposed to be a missionary. Um, but because I'm such an introvert, um, God gave me Exodus 4, 10 through 16, where he said, Moses said to the Lord, I have never been eloquent. I am slow of speech and tongue. But the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. And then Moses continued and said, please send someone else. Please Lord, send someone else. But the Lord said he would help him speak. And it would be as if God was speaking, um, that God speaking was with him. And so that's where I was in the early 80s. It was like, God, I I know you're calling me to do something, to do something. But I'm terrified to speak. Absolutely terrified. And yet you gave your life to service. But but you served in your strong suit as well. And when I said I was that you were competent. I was saying, I have seen you organize things and manage details that would have, you know, overwhelmed anyone else. And you, that's your lane. And when you're in it, woo, you run. And I love that. I love organization. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, I'm not very good at it, you know, just overwhelmed with all the details at times. But yes. Yeah, so but, it takes somebody with a heart for that. Yes. And it also takes somebody to be able to know when to delegate and when to ask for help and bring others alongside too and to organize others. There's a challenge, but again, you know, using those communication skills that you say (laughs) aren't your strong suit. So um, what, how do you think that that was, those characteristics were formed in you? You've already said scripture really spoke into that part of you. Were there people 
that there shaped you? There were people. My family, you know, my mom and dad, grandparents, you know, maternal, paternal grandparents. My grandfather was a Baptist minister. So that, you know, he emulated true servanthood and every, every one of the fam, all of my family, aunts and uncles, cousins, all of them, in-laws, the aunts and uncles on my husband's side of the family, trusting Jesus oh. in everything. Every one of them, every one of them laid that foundation for me. Trusting Jesus in everything. Wow. Leaning on Jesus. Amazing legacy. It, it is. <laughs> you know, when I think when I think through all those people and then the ones that mentored me early beginning in the early eighties on this missions journey, just it is it's mind boggling. So why missions? Why not missions? WME of Texas believes in making disciples who make disciples. We are passionate about, about empowering Christ's followers to radically participate in the mission of God. And so each one of the three E's that we have, engage in local missions, establish partnership for missions, and empower for worldwide missions. So engage in local missions is missions discipleship and learning about and praying for missions through age level groups. So WMU of Texas has curriculum, opportunities for babies through adults. So the, the preschool is called Mission Friends, and that's my passion. I love Mission Friends, babies through kinders. Love teaching them about missions. They learn about who God is and how they can help others. Simple, foundational. I used to think that babies were too little to understand no. until I saw a gifted teacher teaching two-year-olds and, and how they grew under yes. her training. And I thought, oh, I might have been wrong about that. Yes. <laughs> so I can do a whole podcast on Mission Friends because that really is my passion is Mission Friends. But then we have children, grades, uh, first grade through sixth grade, that includes Girls in Action, RAs, Royal Ambassadors, and um, we have a co-ed group, um, Children in Action. And then there's the, the youth um, component for WMU, and that's ACT Teens, and of course, Challengers for Boys, or Youth on Mission if you want to do co-ed groups. And then we have young adults and the adult groups, which are the Women on Mission and Adults on Missions, Families on Missions. And so all the curriculum provides opportunities to be open to missions in your own community. Well, my first exposure to missions was hearing a missionary who came to visit our church. And I was just amazed at the stories that he was telling about serving. His particular place was in Africa, which seemed so far away to my little girl mind. And I couldn't understand the cultural differences and fully appreciate um, what he left behind in order to serve there. But as I heard him speak, in his mind, he had gained so much more than he ever left behind. And so it must be exciting for you to be able to educate people about the possibilities, to, to equip them to do the work, to pray for them as they go, to help um, create awareness and to source them so that people who feel called to do that can serve with abandon. They can serve with freedom because they know they have a good support at home. 
Right. And, and in today's age with Zoom yes. and video, we can visit with a missionary in Africa, yes. in Utah, mm-hmm. in Brazil. You mm-hmm. know, we can, those, those children and youth and preschoolers can see those missionaries. They may not be able to see them personally, but they can see them. They can see their children. They can, you know, the children can tell stories mm-hmm. about being a missionary kid. So our technology today has really opened up the mindset and the views for our for everybody, Absolutely. Know, not just children and adults. Absolutely. So technology has allowed me to go places that I would never be able yes, to go yes. from the comfort of my own home, and that's right. been a real delight. Right. And yet, yes, we want to meet them you of know, course. personally. We want to see, we want of to course. touch them, we want to do that, but technology has afforded us to, to be able to be one, one-on-one with them. Well, I want to circle back a little bit to the preschool ministry because that clearly is your passion. So tell me um, how you discovered that in yourself and then some of the things that you do when you're working with preschoolers in early elementary. I started Mission Friends at my home church in Grand Prairie. It was, it was a need. We needed something for the, the kids during choir practice. These kids are running around loose. We need to do something. <laughs> and I did not grow up with WMU. I, I moved from Iowa to Texas. It, it was a different, I was Baptist, but it was a different a denomination of Baptist. So WMU was not familiar to me. And somebody said, we need to go to a training at our associational office and learn how to do mission friends for our kids. Come on. It's like, well, okay. Um, okay. And I can still remember, that was back in the early 80s, I remember that training to this day. I remember the activities that we did, the hands-on activities, the, the learnings, learning about learning styles of preschoolers. I didn't know I had a preschooler at home, but I didn't understand, you know, he needed all the different sensory. He needed <laughs> um, everything to learn. And so it, that's how I became involved in missions was, learning how to teach, learning about mission friends, Mm -hmm. learning to teach mission friends, doing it in my church. And then someone saw potential in me and invited me to, to be a part of the associational of Dallas Baptist association, WMU leadership team. And to be on that team as a, as a mission friends consultant. Again, Here's the introvert. It's like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk to, I can't do this. Oh, you don't have to do anything. You just come and you'll get to hand out the handouts and take attendance. You know, how many people are there? That's all you have to do. Okay, I can do that. You know, I, I don't have to talk to people. I can hand out papers. <laughs> well, then that director that was leading resigned. And so guess who became the, the lead trainer. The organized one. (laughs) The one who did not like speaking in front of people. (laughs) But God, again, because I obeyed the call to special service, I knew not knowing what that still was. I mean, we still thought it could be missionary service. Mm -hmm. We didn't know. Mm -hmm. But God chose to keep us in town, serving our churches, serving our associations, our state, and traveling around the world with missions. And that's how God used that special service in our life, in our call. 
And um, so, yeah, it just grew from teaching in my church to expanding to the association. And then because mentors, people, again, they say they saw potential in me. I'm mm-hmm. not so sure. I think they just needed a body at times. You know, you know, my, my, you know, lack of self-confidence and, and fear. But they, they trained me. They equipped me. They prayed over me, prayed for me. And I hope and pray that I'm doing the same for others mm-hmm. on this journey. Um, not so much. I wasn't as committed to mentoring somebody years ago because I was on that I just that survival mm-hmm. mode mm-hmm. I just got to get mm-hmm. through it mm-hmm. but I am now mm-hmm. so we're you know I'm looking for people to mentor and not looking God God's placing those people absolutely. in front of me absolutely so, yeah so that so it's just kind of just a just being available <laughs> and obedient yeah absolutely As Beth said, being available is key. So friends, as we make interesting people and stories available to you each week, would you make yourself available to like and subscribe to this podcast? Would you take time to share, rate, and review this podcast so others can find us too? Join our discussion on Facebook at Kit McCarty, NIS, or on our website at nis.media. While you're on our website, you can subscribe to our newsletter, and catch up on any episodes or blogs you may have missed. Thanks for your support. Now, back to our show. So training is something that WMU does still? Yes, yes. yes. We equip leaders, churches, associations to to do whatever they need to do. We don't tell them what to do. So how does that work? Is that training sessions? Is that training videos? Is it on site? Is it curriculum? Yes. Oh, <laughs> all of okay. the above. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have we have curriculum. We have you know um, mission friends curriculum, GA curriculum, women on mission. We have the the basic magazine for everybody. It's called Missions Mosaic, and that comes out of National WMU out of Birmingham. That's not that does not come from us. We don't write or publish it but it comes from national, from the home, mm-hmm. home of WMU, and uh, where, where all of our curriculum comes from. And so we use that, and we, we do. We've, we've done online videos because of everything that happened in 2020. We've done training that way. We will go one-on-one to churches, to individuals. We have regional trainings. We have what we call our annual meeting and mission celebration where we have conferences and workshops dedicated to those age levels and other mission special interests. So, Well, one of the things that I so appreciated when my children were young, the same as you said, it was just that training not only to deliver a good Bible story, but to understand learning styles and to have fun activities to keep little hands busy. It was good training for me as a parent, and there is where I discovered that I was able to speak and to teach, uh, which has just been such a joy in my life. 
and it also trained my children and opened their hearts to missions and to learning and to engaging with others in spiritual activities. So many of the children in those programs grew up to uh, serve in missions or uh, our career missionaries now. And it's so exciting to think that those seeds planted early are still bearing fruit. And that's why you do what you do. It is. And one of the things I learned in one of my very first training conferences that I, that I attended learning about Mission Friends was you plan whether you have one child in your Mission Friends class or if you have 20. You plan for that one because that one may become the next Lottie Moon or Annie Armstrong sure. uh, missionary. And so you plan for that one. And I, that has stuck with me, and I don't take it lightly when I'm, when I'm teaching mission friends. Very, very special. Well, we've certainly seen in Scripture what God can do with one. There was one Abraham, one Noah, one Moses, one David, uh, one Apostle Paul. God can do a whole lot with one. But when a program is run well and it's fun, they fill up. In fact, we've had classes that had, you know, standing room only or waiting room because people wanted to attend and there just wasn't enough facility or enough teachers to help. So powerful curriculum and empowered volunteers and leaders. Uh, God can certainly use those to do amazing yes. things. Um, so you started out as a volunteer. So did I. So um, how do people volunteer? How can they become involved in, with WMU? So WMU provides opportunities through ministries. One of those ministries that you can be involved in with WMU is Christian Women's Job Corps and Christian Men's Job Corps. Different areas of the state, well actually they're all over the United States and even into uh, Mexico and other parts of the world, but in Texas you can find a local CWJC site and you can be involved that way by volunteering your time through uh, providing Bible studies, the skill, your skills, you could teach computer, you can teach how to balance a checkbook, um, anything. These Christian women's and Christian men's job corps um, are, they seek to equip men and women in, in a Christian context for life and empower them. It's, um, it's not the handout but a hand up concept. And so you can become invo- involved with WMU that way. Another thing that WMU of Texas does that's unique to our state is we have a women's build. And that is Two weeks in October, women only go down and build a house for a family oh in Pinitas, <laughs> Texas, down on the border. Wow. Women only. Wow. We, we build a house. It's in partnership with Buckner International. Mm. They are the ones that seek out the family. The family has a process to go through. They have to apply, and the family helps build the house. It's a little bit like Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. but this is all women building in two weeks. The slab is there, and we put up the frames, sheetrock it, paint it, and we provide appliances for the family through WMU of Texas. That is one of our um, empower others. No, I'm sorry. That is the established partnership. It's a partnership Mm -hmm. for missions. It's working with that family. Sometimes the family doesn't know the Lord. Yeah. And some do. And some have accepted the Lord as their Savior through the women building this house. They take time to build a relationship with this family. 
in those two weeks. They pray for, they pray over them, pray for them. Um, we sign, put scripture on the boards before oh, they're covered sweet. up with sheetrock, and it's just a sweet, sweet time. It's hot. It's still, oh yeah, it's still <laughs> hot in October. It's South down Texas in, in October. In Benitas, but um, yeah, so that's an opportunity in a way to be involved with WMU. You know, we hear a lot about. WMU still exists. My grandmother did WMU. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are still here. We are relevant. We are mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. because we are engaged in missions. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the mission hasn't changed. And the mission has not changed. We Yes, we still pray for missionaries. You know, I mean, sure. at the time, you know, WMU sat in circles. You know, the mm-hmm. women had, they were their circle was named after a missionary. Precious, precious times, needed times. But now... We're finding the women want to be be involved. They want to do what we would call mission action projects. They want to do projects. They want to be involved. And so we have these opportunities, especially the women's build. Mm-hmm. And Come I join us. You don't have to. You don't have to have a skill. You do not have to have a skill. We have coaches down there that, <laughs> that sounds that, scary. <laughs> that, that teach you. You know how to. How, I know it is scary, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but we have dedicated women that have. We've done this for 11 years. Wow. That's we've, amazing. We've built 11 houses. Wow. You so. personally, what's your favorite part of build? Well, honestly, I haven't been on a build just okay. because of... When you said what, we, what I, saw, I, I, thought, I think I'm, I'm going this year. <laughs> wow. My, my involvement is... I don't know what my involvement's going to be. I'm not working a saw. <laughs> <laughs> I do not hammer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Week one puts up the frames and the the roofing and then mm-hmm. week two they do all the inside work mm-hmm. insulation and oh and I can only imagine the stories after two weeks of working together and getting to know each other and the funny things that happen just when people are working together and the stories that people yes. tell that will yes. be a wonderful yes. time I'm so yes. excited for you yeah. that we as collective yes okay <laughs> the, yes the royal the, the we. collective yes, we. We, we build a house because yes. I I am planning to go this year for my first time the other years other things have always come up where I could not go, but this year I have availability. So there you go. Well, that'll be so we'll exciting. See what, we'll see how God, what if He puts a hammer in my hand or or I'm the runner to the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there will be pictures and there will be stories, and I can't wait to hear them when you get back. You also have another project that's coming up. Uh, it's a week of prayer for Texas missions that's coming up in September. Would you like to tell us about that? Yes, that is called the Mary Hill Davis Offering for Texas Missions. We provide allocations and funds for ministries of the Baptist General Convention of Texas, Texas Baptist. There are over 70 ministries that receive funding. Our goal this year is $3.5 million. Wow. Churches from across Texas and individuals give to this offering. It's so important. We provide funds for student disaster recovery called Bounce, where they go and rebuild a home or work in yards for families that have had disasters. Hurricane Harvey. Mm. They're still doing Mm. homes that have been affected by Hurricane Harvey. Mm. So Bounce receives funding from the Mary Hill Davis offering for Texas missions. Go Now Missionaries, the BSM Baptist Student Ministry, college students that go during summer breaks and Christmas breaks to share about Jesus. We help provide some of their funding for these students that cannot raise money. 
So we're, and we, there's also river ministry missionaries that work on the border, passing out hygiene kits, building churches. Wow. So important, especially right now. So, so the Mary Hill Davis offering for Texas missions provides support for ministries of Texas Baptists for and about Texas Baptists. Amazing, just touching so many lives in practical ways. And so I love that uh, the work that you do supports that. So how can people get involved in that? Well, we have a website. It's called IamTexasMissions.org. And everything on this website, we have stories, videos, prayer guides, how to pray through the month of September. The, The designated week of prayer is September 12th through the 19th. But you can pray year long. That's, that's the biggest emphasis. You know, yes, it's an offering, but we want you to pray first. Well, that's where the power is. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and as you pray, God's going to lead you into maybe serving with one of these ministries or, you know, giving sacrificially to this. So, yes, I am TexasMissions.org for the Mary Hill Davis offering for Texas Missions. So, Beth, for you, missions is not just an idea. And it's not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And I've seen you choose it over and over again in the ways that you serve your church and your community. You also did something very personal to you. There's a sign that near your front door that's called The Porch. Tell me about The Porch. The Porch was a dream several years ago. Actually, The Porch was a dream for my husband and I. We had gone on a cruise and we were sitting on the balcony of our room and we were talking about doing the backyard. We were going to do a patio in the backyard, and our backyard is kind of wooded. There's nobody back there. And then all of a sudden, it was, we need to do a front porch. We need to be visible, and we need for our neighbors to see us, and we need to see our neighbors. We need to, because we were both introverts, <laughs> it was easy to do a back a backyard mm-hmm, of course. and stay secluded. But we, the Lord just said, you need to build a front porch. And so when we got back from the cruise, we started the process of researching it and just diving in and doing the front porch. And, the, and there is a sign that says, the porch, sit and relax. And it's not just any old porch. I mean, it spans the entire front of your house. It has lots of places for people to sit in comfortable rockers and on the steps. There are beautiful flowers, and it just invites people in. And I, myself, have benefited from some porch therapy. And I have often seen people walking by with their dogs, you know, either stop and wave or come right on up. And um, it's one of my favorite places in the neighborhood now. So I'm so grateful that you decided to do that. It's a place of solitude. It's a place of refuge. And it's a place of peace. It really is, and I've seen some of your posts from your front porch as you watch the sun come up and and uh, watch the day break open, and um, I'm just I know how quiet and peaceful that is, and what a beautiful way to start the day, and and even in the evenings, you know, it's just it is it's a place of solitude and uh, of uh, conversation and of peace and of refuge, and so I'm so glad that you decided to do that. Just love that about you. So as part of your job, you've been to some of the places where this money goes and where these people go. Tell us about some of your travels and maybe some things you've learned along the way. Well, basically, I've traveled in Texas for WMU of Texas, traveled all across the state, leading conferences and workshops. I have been 
you know, poor me. I have been to Hawaii to, to lead conferences. <laughs> that, that, if you have to. <laughs> you know, if I have to, someone has to do it. But I, I did um, missional lifestyle and mission friends uh, workshops um, through three, three of the Hawaiian islands. I have been to Arkansas. I've led workshops in Arkansas. Um, basically, it's been my husband that has traveled around the world doing mission stories, telling the stories of and for Texas Baptist. So I have been able to travel with him frequently on some of those trips. And um, it's fun to know how, to see how God used his eye through the lens to tell the stories. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I've been on some bounce some of the student disaster recovery, I've seen some of those sites. Mm. There's just, well, there's over 70 ministries. Yeah, so, so many. many. You know, a lot of them are, are workshops and conferences, projects that, you mm-hmm. know, the ministries do, but some are just the Texas Baptist missionaries and just so many, so many valuable things. And if they didn't have the offering, they would not be able to do the work. Of course. So when you go to some of these projects, you see the best of the best and the worst of the worst. You you wouldn't be there if there wasn't a need. And when the hurricanes have come through or when shootings have happened or a tornado or something, you see the devastation and you see people's lives upended and their hearts broken. And then you come and you bring healing and hope and supplies that they need. And you see the best of people come out when people care for each other and and their hope is restored. And so that's got to be a very rewarding part of what you do. It is. It's building the relationships. And sometimes, you know, just going in and doing the work, yes, that is so needed. But stopping and taking time to pray with those that are in need is first and foremost, always. And then the work begins and it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Always. It's not, you know, it's not fun. Sometimes it's cleaning a bathroom. And that, you know, that's not, that's not glorious. That's not, oh, we want to go to those wonderful, beautiful places. Sometimes it's cleaning out a freezer that's been without power for two weeks because of hurricanes sure. Sure. or flooding. That's nasty work. But it's God's work. Mm-hmm. And the families see that sacrifice of of giving of self and time to do that. And those are the stories we hear, that somebody cared enough to come and to help us when we couldn't help ourselves. And the stories that we hear them say, first and foremost, is they helped me and they prayed for me. Um, And those are the things that they remember. Yes, you you did things, you brought things, um, but it's being there in the ministry of presence, I think, that is just so meaningful to so many people. And that's part of what you do. And I I love that. I love that for you. Are there other rewards for you being involved in this? The reward is being obedient. And I think sometimes that can be a real challenge. Um, It can be very countercultural. It leaves you open to misunderstanding from people who don't know why you're making the decisions that you're making. For me, obedience has often cost me. I wanted to do something else, but I chose obedience um, I can't point to any circumstances where I was sorry I obeyed. Things usually turned out much better for me when I did what I was supposed to do. Ministry doesn't mean riches a lot of times. Not, not in the way we think. Not exactly. Yeah, the monetary riches, I'm not in it for that. God, God will supply. 
he's opened my heart, he's opened my mind, and my hands remain open for him to continue filling them with ministry opportunities, whether it's through WMU of Texas or something else, but my hands are open, continue to be open. Well, that's a wonderful legacy to have an open heart and to have open hands. In this day and time, people are closed to ideas that are different and people that are different and circumstances that are hard. That's part of the reason I wanted to begin this podcast was to remind people that we can do hard things and we can let go of things that don't serve us well anymore. We can open our hearts and our minds and our hands to receive the better things and you're doing that. And so I thank you for your inspiring story. So if uh, people want to find out more about WMU and what you do um, and contribute to the great work that you're doing, where can they find you? WMUTX.org. And again, for the Mary Hill Davis offering for Texas Missions is IamTexasMissions.org. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.